All right, we want to uh, get you acquainted with your textbook. This is Fundamental Statistics for Behavioral Science, uh, the Sciences with uh, David Howell. And I think one of the most important parts of the textbook is, uh, is the preface. If you can kind of get acquainted and know where you're going in the course, uh, you'll, you'll find some things that will be very helpful to you. He has an organization of how the uh, chapters are laid out, and there's a lot of different statistical tests that you're going to uh, become acquainted with, symbols and signs and formulas and so forth. We don't expect you to memorize all those, but uh, you will become acquainted with them as we uh, progress through the course. One of the helpful things he has also is the, uh, the textbook website, and we're going to look at that for a minute. Uh, and he's got all of your data files that you will need to uh, do a lot of the homework exercises. Take a peek at those. Uh, they're organized by chapter. Not every chapter has uh, data problems, but they're, they're listed there for you, and you can open those and uh, have fun to your heart's content. There is a student manual that's available, and the nice thing about this is uh, that it has answers for you. It has answers to the odd-numbered questions. Of course, those are in your textbook as well, but, uh, but you have them on the website. So this, the student manual is a very uh, helpful and effective uh, uh, part of the course. Then there is a, uh, uh, what, what he calls uh, seeing statistics applets. There are some things that actually take you through um, some hands-on experiments uh, dealing with some of the topics and, and uh, problems that you'll have in the textbook. These were written by uh, Gary McClellan, and uh, we won't do these per se right now, but you see in Chapter 4 there's a brightness matching experiment. Y divide by N minus 1, there's a ton of... Uh, mathematical things in that concept, and then the z-scores and t-scores and so forth, all the way down through uh, uh, your chi-square, your uh, ANOVAs and so forth. So there's a lot of uh, uh, helpful things there with those, uh, those jobs, and I would encourage you to become uh, acquainted, acquainted with those and, and work those, and some of you may need to do more than others. But also there is a section called errata, and uh, he says as much as he tries, assisted by copy editors and proofreaders, errors uh, always find their way into the textbook. So if you happen to find a, an error in, the, in a problem, uh, something's not quite right, you might get your name on, uh, he will give you credit for that. But if you check on the, the errata link here, it will list known errors that have not been changed yet. But, uh, so that's a help to you. Uh, and then there's a helpful or useful website. So he connects you with a lot of different things out there uh, so you're not flying on your own. So you can, uh, you can get uh, help, and there's some excellent resources there, as well as some others that are hidden in the, not hidden, but embedded in, your, uh, uh, in the course. But, uh, and here again is the Apple, uh, the, the Java applets, and uh, there's, a, there's a link there that will get you going uh, for that. And... Uh, and then there's some additional material. He actually even has a, if you're rusty on mathematics, he has a section where you can learn uh, or go back and review some of your math. You will be using SPSS in this course as well. And uh, he has both a long and a short manual here uh, on using SPSS. So this is, this is uh, a resource that's available to you. And it's uh, right there in your, uh, here's the arithmetic review. Um, and then he, he ends up with uh, one more word of advice. He says, I can't resist uh, adding what is perhaps the best advice I have. If there is something that you don't understand, just remember that Google is your friend. 
Uh, she certainly is mine, he says. If you uh, don't understand what uh, Fisher's exact test is and you don't like his particular explanation, uh, he just Googled it and said he found, uh, what, 260,000 hits on that. So uh, you can remember that, that Google is your friend. All right, one of the uh, things in, in statistics, of course, is, is knowing uh, what's available, what are some of the terms that we talk about, and we just quickly want to look at that. Descriptive statistics, what's the difference between uh, descriptive statistics and inferential statistics? Descriptive statistics, methods of organizing, summarizing, presenting data in an informative way. We talk about graphs and charts and tables and so forth. Uh, inferential statistics, which is uh, what a great deal of the course is, is about, is uh, you make a decision, estimate, predictions, or generalizations about a population. You take from a sample and infer what you think is true of the population, so inferential statistics. Population course is a collection of all possible individuals, items, objects, measurements of interest. Uh, sample then is a portion of that, uh, that, that you take from a sample to uh, infer what you think is true of the population. Then of course there's qualitative uh, and, and or attribute variables, the characteristics being studied is, uh, is non-numeric, such as gender, eye color, religious preference, and so forth. Uh, quantitative, where we have numbers involved, information is reported numerically. How calls it measurement. And it would be uh, like minutes remaining in the class, number of children, balance in your checkbook, and so forth. Uh, qualitative uh, uh, then can be broken up into two different areas, uh, discrete variables. They can only assume certain values, and there usually are gaps between them, like the number of chairs in a room, number of tables, uh, and so forth. And then continuous variables can, be, can assume values within. So we have a smooth line uh, in, a, in a graph rather than a, uh, a, a tabletop, and we'll look at some of the difference between the, uh, the graphs there. But a continuous variable. Uh, and then a lot of uh, students have problems with knowing the difference between the, the dependent variable and the independent variable. The dependent variable is the, the variable that's being measured. It's the data, it's the score, it's the outcome. The independent variable, the IV, uh, these variables are controlled by the experimenter, sometimes called predictor. Uh, and then other controlled variables, anything else that could influence the dependent variable. We talk about parametric data and non-parametric. Parametric tests are statistical tests that involve assumptions about or estimations of population parameters. And we, we call values of a population parameters. We call values of a uh, sample statistic. So SS, sample statistics, uh, PP, population parameter. Then non-parametric Parametric tests, of course, would be statistical tests that uh, you do not rely on parameter estimation or precise uh, distributional assumptions. And we'll talk more about that, of course, in, uh, later in the course. Uh, another term that we talk about are levels of uh, uh, the independent variable. With an experimental treatment and a control treatment, um, the IV, the independent variable in this case, would be has two levels, experiment experimental and the control. If the experimenter uh, is doing, for instance, uh, uh, six different types of diets, the independent variable is a type of diet, but you have six different levels there. So uh, sometimes there's confusion about level and uh, uh, with the uh, 
with the independent variable. Now, there is another area of uh, concern. That's levels of measurement. And uh, some of this overlaps with what we've said, but there are four basic levels. Nominal is data classified into categories that cannot, that cannot be arranged in any particular order, like gender, as we said, religious affiliation. Uh, and the next level is ordinal, where there's order to it. It includes uh, data arranged in some order, but the difference between the data cannot be determined or are meaningless. Here we have Pepsi Coke and Dr. Pepper. Uh, we'll just leave that one alone, but uh, we don't know the order of, uh, I guess we could have a pop quiz uh, on those. But. Anyway, the next level is uh, interval. We move from nominal to ordinal to interval. Interval level has, uh, is similar to ordinal, but it has additional property of that the meaningful amounts of differences between the data can be determined. But there is not a true uh, zero point. Then the highest level, the, the ratio level, uh, is a level with an inherent zero, or a, what we say a true zero. Differences in ratios are meaningful for this level of measurement. When we think of the temperature scale, there is zero, but there's something less than zero. So that, that zero is uh, what we call an arbitrary, so that would be interval. Ratio, if we're talking about distance or height or weight, there is nothing less than zero. Zero is a complete absence of uh, what it is that we're measuring. All right, we've talked about a lot of terms and, uh, and so forth, but we want to look at, at a decision tree here. This is in your textbook, uh, and your author talks about that on pages uh, 10 and 11 there, but uh, there's several choices that we need to make. Actually, I've, I've got, uh, this is on the back uh, flyleaf of your textbook, and it's on page 566. But notice that we have uh, uh, some of the things that we've talked about, the different levels of measurement, types of uh, data. Uh, I've got another chart that's uh, a little in color, and, and uh, we'll kind of go back, back and forth. We'll revisit these things again. But we talked about the uh, levels of measurement here, uh, the nominal level, categorical. If that's what you're talking about, then your next question is how many variables? Is it one variable? If it's one, then you would do the the chi-square goodness of fit. If you're comparing two variables, uh, then you would have the test of independence. So an example of that, nominal data, if it's uh, just gender, how many uh, women and men, would you expect to have more men in this or women and so forth, then you would do this. That is nominal, categorical. You, you can't do means and standard deviations with that. It's just frequency or counts. The next level, uh, ordinal, where there's order to it, then you have a decision to make are we talking about differences or are we talking about relationships? If we're talking about, uh, and, and he defines those uh, for you a little bit there on page 11, and you, you should become familiar with that, uh, but they, when you're doing relationships, then we're talking correlation. And the Spearman row is if you're ordinal level data, you're doing a relationship problem. If you're doing differences, which involves means and standard deviations, then you say how many variables. If it's one variable, then how many levels? If it's two levels, uh, then it's either an independent test uh, or a related test. Now, when we get to uh, interval ratio level data, which is in the blue over here, uh, we have similarities. These are like first cousins, and, and you're not going to know all this stuff in one overview of it. We're going to come back to this and, and hopefully use it. But 
the Man Whitney hue would be if we have two levels and they're independent, uh, or if they're related, it's the Wilcox and T. If it's interval ratio, and that's one of the good things in statistics, they kind of lump those two uh, together, so we have three categories instead of uh, uh, four. But uh, if we're talking differences, then uh, uh, what type of comparison? We're going to talk about a Z-test and a T-test. There's an independent uh, T-test and dependent T-test and so forth. Um, but we work all our way down here. If, if, you're, if you're doing one sample and there's one variable, two levels, then they're either independent or uh, related. Now, what does that mean? If you, have, if you take a sample from one population and a sample from another population, you want to see if, if uh, uh, the, how these things are related. They're independent, so you would do the independent t-test if you're using interval ratio level data. If you're using ordinal, then you would use its first cousin, the man Whitney Hugh. And again, we'll, we'll come back and work through those things. But uh, if it's related, sometimes called paired or matched, if it's a pre-test, post-test type situation, where one student takes a test and then they take a, that same student takes another test, they're obviously matched or paired or related. And they don't have to be, uh, I mean, there's some uh, fine-tuning there that needs to be done, but that's a different statistical test. So if it's related, you'd use the, the dependent T or the paired T. And we'll, uh, if, it's, um, if it's ordinal, then that would be the Wilcox and T back on the, uh, on the other side. Also, on this, we have, uh, if it's relationship uh, interval ratio, uh, then we've got the uh, correlation coefficients, which we'll talk about in later chapters. Uh, if it's differences, and we're coming down here, we've got, uh, um, we ask ourselves, how many uh, sample, how many variables do we have if it's one? Uh, and if they're, uh, as we come down here, if there are two levels, are they independent or related? If it's three or more, uh, if they're independent, we do the one-way ANOVA. If they're repeated, we do the repeated ANOVA, and so forth. So there's a lot on this chart. We don't expect you to grasp it in, in one uh, just looking at it, but there are also what we call post hoc tests. If you find there's a difference statistically, uh, it doesn't tell you which one is the one that's different from the others uh, up front, so you do what's called a post hoc test, and there's many of those. Uh, here is listed the Tukey and the Fishers. So hopefully this will give you uh, a, a general idea of what, uh, what's there, and I would encourage you to read through the preface and check with the website, and, uh, and uh, this will help you maintain or make your A in this class.